Psalms 27. David goes in. And um, I just want to read this to you. David is still in a moment of expressing his thankfulness for God's protection as he was with the Philistines, had to run from the javelin of Saul and stayed in their camp and then had to feign being crazy to get out of the hands of the Philistines. And he's writing 27, kind of through 34, gets into his confession. But here it opens with David expressing faith in God's protection a psalm of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Somebody say, whom shall I fear? The Lord is my strength and my life. Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, and this will I be Everybody say confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. How many know about David's rock that he talks about? And now shall mine head be lifted up upon mine up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, here it is. Are you ready for it? I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. That's the joy we want to hit today. I will sing, yea, I will sing. You're repeating yourself, David. No, he's saying I'm going to sing, and the second sing means to strum an instrument. I will sing, and I will praise him with instruments unto the Lord. And that Lord is Jehovah. I will sing unto the God of Jehovah. Amen? The God who can do all things. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy upon me and answer me. How many know he's a God who answers? Would you bow your head, close your eyes, and just pray for the Lord to move in our midst right now? Jesus, we need you. We want you. We ask you to touch and move our lives toward you. Draw us near, Lord God. Let the word be something that breaks down pride, puts a fire in our heart, Lord God, and also is a sword that does surgery to cut away anything in our life that needs to be removed. And everyone said, in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I want to preach to you about the joy of the Lord vibe. <laughs> All right, all right. It's a little youth pastor. I get it. But there is a chance that you have in your life moments where the joy of the Lord was your strength. And David hits something here where he talks about the sacrifice of joy. Now, the sacrifice of joy in that scripture that he's talking about, if you put that one back up for me. It says, therefore, I will offer. That word offer is the same as the word sacrifices in that text. Therefore, I will offer, which is sabak. Anybody heard of the word shabak? It's a worship Hebrew term. It means to dance and worship before the Lord. 
He said, I will offer or I will zabak. It's a different word, but it has the same worship connotation. It means uh, to give a sacrifice in his tabernacle, which means ohel. It's a, it's a place of offering. And then he uses the word sacrifices again, which is that same word, zabak, of joy, which is teruah. And teruah is an interesting word, and it means to make a clamor, make some noise. He says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a sacrifice of noise and clamor. It's like putting an alarm out. It's like blowing a trumpet. That's what it says in the, in the original language. Alarm, signal, sound of tempest, shout, shout of, or blast of war, of an army or an alarm of joy, alarm of war, war cry, battle cry, blast, shout of joy with religious impulse and a shout of joy just in general is what the word means. So it's saying that you can make noise in church. Amen. Have you ever been at a concert where everybody knows the song and then the, 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 the person that's singing the song holds the mic out to the crowd? That's what God's doing here. He's saying, I know you bring sacrifices, but I want you to bring sacrifices in a way where you give your all and make a noise doing it. Where you come excited at, to church in the morning and you're like, you know what? It maybe hasn't been the best morning, but I'm going to give my God the best praise. And so he says, I will sing. And that word is a, is a vow. It's sheer. It's, he says, yea, I will sing praises, which is another word that's an awesome word, but unto the Lord, which is Yahweh. Praises Zamar, and it's just giving God everything and unto the Lord who is Yahweh. That means that you're praising God regardless of how you feel. How many know your feelings will lie to you? How many know if you make your decisions on your feelings, you're going to make some bad decisions? You need to make decisions that are above your feelings, that are at the level of covenant, amen? That you chose to be something that you are, and you keep choosing that thing. And so we choose to be praisers, amen? And we choose to offer the sacrifice of joy in the house of the Lord, regardless of whether it's a good day or a bad day. If it's a sacrifice for you to worship the Lord today, if you're joining us online, if it's a sacrifice to worship today, then you're doing the right thing. And you're supposed to do it joyously. If you know that it's a sacrifice, know that you're giving a sacrifice of joy unto the Lord. Like, this isn't easy for me. But it didn't, the Bible didn't ask me to do easy. The Bible asked me, asked me to stay in covenant with God, and his covenant says, you should worship me at all times. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, David said at one point. He's like, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to bless, I'm going to tell myself to bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, good, bad, and different, whatever else, bless his holy name, amen. He said, I'm going to praise Jehovah. It means Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, is who is our provider. It means praise Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, who heals. Praise Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, who is our banner over us. Amen. The Lord, who is Jehovah Shalom, the Lord of peace. Are you praising that God today? Jehovah Shabbat, who is the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Tishkenu, which is hard to say, but it means the Lord, our righteousness. Thank God for that. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. Amen. It means he's here and he's already there. He's Alpha and Omega. He's pulling us into a future he's already designed for us. And that is a vibe, brothers and sisters. That's a vibe on Sunday morning. That's a vibe on Monday morning. That's, oh, I feel like preaching. That's a vibe. That's a vibe on Wednesday. That's a vibe on 
on Thursday when you're blindsided, blindsided by trouble, that is Jehovah Roha in your life. The Lord who is your shepherd and is guiding you. He praises him as the Lord God Jehovah. Even in a sacrifice of praise, even when it's difficult, even when the kids are sick and everybody fights on the way to church. I've been pastoring long enough that the person that comes in the front door usually is the most angry that got to church first. They beat everybody else because they didn't want to talk to nobody. <laughs> I'm going to church. You can get the kids out of the car because I'm, I'm angry at everybody. They come into church and I'm like, praise the Lord. And they're like, praise the Lord. You're smiling, but you're dealing. Amen. Anybody dealing with stuff? It's a vibe. It's a state of being. It's an alternative word that's used. And I found it in the dictionary. It's in the Urban Dictionary. A person's emotional state or the atmosphere of a place as communicated and to and felt by others. In other words, it's something that's communicated and it's something that's felt. And it's a person's emotional state. A vibe would be something like street lights at night during a gentle snowstorm. Or a gentle rain on a rooftop while reading a book. And my wife said, amen. She loves that. And a vibe would be koi fish swimming just below the water's surface. A vibe would be empty parking lot garages where you can sing and sound good. Some of us only sound good in empty parking lots, I'll tell you right now. A vibe would be the crunch of autumn leaves underfoot. A vibe would be the smell of pine and wood smoke as you light the fireplace for the first time in the fall. That's a vibe. Also, it's slang used among young generations that means that it's cute or that's a vibe. It, it can be used also to mean that it's giving. It's giving. Like mean girls would say, oh, that's giving a rich girl vibe, right? And so it's giving. And I, I, I find that happiness is a choice, not a vibe. I can tell you that. You're never going to be happy unless you choose to be happy. Paul said, I think myself happy. That means happiness starts with a thought, not how you feel. You can, be, you can have happiness off of a feeling. Yes, you can. You can feel happy, but happiness is fleeting. Joy is deep, amen? Just say the word happy. That's on the front of your lips. And then say joy. It's down inside. It's deeper. Joy comes from the Holy Ghost. We are supposed to live on the joy of the Lord, which comes from the Holy Spirit that fills us. Amen? So the joy of the Lord is our vibe. We ought to live on the joy every day, whether it's a good day, whether your body feels good or not, whether you get up and you're young or you're old. You can be sustained by the joy of being in the presence of the Lord every day. That's why we don't push just a prayer life. We push a presence life. Get God in your life when you're on your break at lunch. Get God in your life when you're having a bathroom break. Bring your Bible into the bathrooms. Nobody has to know. Bring your Bible into the bathroom. You got a phone? Take your phone with you and get some word of God in you in the middle of the day. It's a joy vibe you need. Walking by faith and not by sight is a joy vibe. Amen. Walking and believing all things work together for good. That's a joy vibe. There's power in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, we know that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. And that is my joy vibe. And that is something that I live on. It's the joy of the Lord that gives me strength. Amen. And if you don't like it, it's a vibe. Just know, it's not going anywhere. 
It's staying in my life. My joy vibe says we have victory in him because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Anybody want an Ephesians 6 verse? But against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. My joy vibe is my life is hid in Christ Jesus. Amen? Those that lose their life find it. Jesus said, if any man will come after me, let him take up his cross and follow me. Where does that cross lead? To dying out to yourself. So we know that if we lay down our life, that we have a life in him that's greater than anything else. Amen? So my joy vibe is count it all joy, my brothers, in James 1, 2, and 4. This is the ESV. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind. For you know that the testing of your faith. Everybody say the test. I know I don't like tests either, but you cannot come to full completion and full fruition in your spiritual life without testing. You need winds of adversity to grow deeper roots, brothers and sisters. Testing your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect, there it is, and complete, lacking nothing. Your testing from God is for your good. It, be, it builds you into a deeper, more rooted individual. It helps you to know what to do in situations when you're tested. You start to set boundaries, and you start to know that I'm not letting you touch my joy. My joy, see, is so deep that it's way deep on the inside. It comes from the Holy Ghost. You can scratch and claw the surface all you want to. You can come and someone can have spoiled milk poured in your cereal in the morning and and be in a bad attitude at work, but I'm not letting that affect me. That's water off a duck's back. Amen, somebody? You need to stay out of their situation because yours is supposed to be the joy of the Lord. People are supposed to see you go through difficult tests and wonder how you still got a smile on your face. They're literally supposed to look at you and go, what kind of joy do they have? They have no reason to be happy. I can see their life. I've got optics. I, I know what they're going through. And maybe you shared some of it. But your joy has to come from the Holy Ghost. Every morning spending time or every evening spending time with Jesus, whenever you do, my joy doesn't come from my circumstances is what I'm saying. My joy does not come from my situation. It comes from the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. And that's a vibe. So David called it a sacrifice of joy. And the joy of the Lord comes in many packages. Sometimes we get joy in places of prayer. Sometimes we get joy from the word of the Lord being spoken in our life. Sometimes we get joy from a verse that pops up in our mind. The Holy Ghost is the server that serves it up when we need it. Amen. If you put the word in your heart, God will give it to your mind. And I do appreciate that because we were just sitting there the other night, Sarah, and I was at my desk, and she was doing something in the bathroom, and she said, you know what? Someone mentioned a passage, and the Lord served up that entire passage, and she started quoting it, and I just like flipped my Bible open to Romans 8, and I'm checking her, and I'm like, she got it. She got it. She's got all of it, and she's just plowing through the whole chapter of 8, and I'm like, that's amazing. She goes, I couldn't have remembered that if I wanted to. She goes, but the Holy Ghost just brought it back to me. And it gave strength to my life in that moment. And I was like, that is what they're talking about. The joy of the Lord can come to you through the word of God. It's given joy of the Lord in your life. It's given the joy of the Lord kind of vibe. 
I praise God in the bad days. I praise God in the good days. It's giving God good, God's good anyways kind of praise. Worshiping him in moments of lack. I, I know that's not easy. It's giving God a God shall provide in all of my needs according to his riches and glory. The sacrifice of joy, it's giving the world what can only come from the time spent in God's presence. It's showing what only comes from time with God. If you spend time with the Lord, you'll have something to give to the world. If you do not, you lack the sacrifice of joy. It looks like not by might, but by my power, says the Lord, but by his spirit, says the Lord. That's what it looks like. It's whenever you have something going on and you're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this, but it's not by my might and it's not by anybody's power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord that I'm going to get through this. It's not going to get there any other way. Might will fail you, brothers and sisters. It's not going to get there any other way. Power will fail you, my friend. But if you live and move and breathe in him, hidden by his hand, walking in his spirit, somebody help me preach today, you will see all beauty God designed you to see in your life. I promise you that's the best life you can design. Is to just surrender over, to lay down your life into Jesus Christ and let him do what he wants to do with you. For he foreknew you. Do you understand what that means? Everybody say knew. He knew you before you were born. Ephesians 4, read it on, if you want homework. I don't know if you want homework, but read it this afternoon. Ephesians chapter 4. With that, he foreknew you, and because he foreknew you, he knit you together in your mother's womb for the destiny that he had planned for you. Do you understand? Nothing can keep me from what God meant for me to be, amen? Nothing can keep you from what God meant for you to be, because he knit you in your mother's womb to be that. And so God's going to help you. He brings a heart joy unspeakable when you think about the fact that he made me for everything I'm going through. And that makes me know that I can offer in my life as a sacrifice of praise. I can offer my children as a sacrifice of praise. I can offer my job as a sacrifice of praise. I can offer anything in my life as a sacrifice of praise because I can give it all to the Lord and he's going to design it to his destiny in my life. I've offered him everything. I give up my son as my firstborn to God. I give up my daughter as my child that I love so much to God. I give up my wife and my marriage as a sacrifice of joy to the Lord. Not every moment's joyous, but everything is joyous in him. Amen? It's a vibe. And that's a vibe, Antonio. Because I can call on his name. I can call on his name. I need to use you, Brother Rob. Is that okay? It's casual Sunday, and I can only do this illustration on casual Sunday. And then I'm going to need Brother Jason. Are you okay with me using you? Yeah? All right. I want you to stand off on the side and just wait in the wings, all right? And every time I call your name, I want you to come up here to help me. Now, there's this thing that we used to do. We used to go to meets at high school. You know how you go to the stuff at high school, maybe a basketball game or a wrestling game, uh, a wrestling meet. And there was this lady that was always in the balcony, and she would, like, yell stuff that there was no way possible for anybody to do. And this illustration is not um, 
is not necessarily the best illustration for me because I'm going to be a little embarrassed doing it, but I, I decided that if it's good, I'm going to use it. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to do the sacrifice of joy right now. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. One. So Brother, Brother Rob's going to be my wrestling partner, okay? And I'm going to get down. I don't know if you can see me, but I'm going to get down. And when I get down, I'm going to use this as an illustration of how God lifts us up. And Jason, when I call for you, I want you to come get Rob off of me, okay? I don't know anybody more qualified. I'm just saying. I don't know anybody more qualified in the room. All right, so this is what it's like whenever you're going through life and you're dealing with difficulty. It's like you're on the bottom of a pin pile, okay, in wrestling. So come on over, Brother Rob. Oh, Oh, that's good. Well, actually, that's adjustment. That helped. <laughs> I felt something pop. <laughs> this is what it's like. Just throw your legs out the side, though, and, like, lay on, lay on me like you're wrestling. Yeah. Okay. Now, pretend I have 280 pounds on top of me. Uh, all the blood's going out of my face. I can feel it. But this is what it's like sometimes whenever you try to tell people, just get up. There was this lady that used to yell... There'd be somebody on top of her team, like she was rooting for, and she'd yell from the upper balcony. She'd go, get up! With 280 pounds on top of the dude. And he's like, thanks. Thanks for that. And that's what it's like sometimes whenever a pastor's preaching. He's like, I know you're going through something, but get up because the Lord will help you. And you're like, thanks. Thanks. My bank account's still in the negative when I leave. I still got trouble in my family. I still got people that don't like me at work, and they're trying to snipe me out. But thanks, Pastor, thanks. I believe it. I know it's the word of God, but thanks. And then you're like, I'm like, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And you got all this weight on you, and you're wondering how in the world you're going to get some relief. But the way that you do that is you don't lift yourself up. You call on the name that lifts everything up. And so that name would be Jason. Come and help me, brother. Come up on the stage. Notice what Rob did? (laughs) He, He had a lock ready, he said. He got up immediately. Why? Because he knows Jason's couple three black belts down from him or up from him. So he was like, no, you know what? I don't need to stay on top of him. Thank you, gentlemen. Give him a big hand for helping with the illustration. I got that illustration from another preacher, but I'm telling you, it fits because Psalms talks about it. The whole chapter 23, he's like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And we're like, how is he shepherding me? Sometimes I'm dealing with stuff that I don't even know what to do with. And you're like, pastor, get up. And pastor's up here excited. He's breaking a sweat. He's throwing hands. He's excited. And he's preaching the word of God. And you're like, yeah, that's great for you. But you don't know the weight that's on me right now. You don't know what I'm dealing with. And I'm saying if you will learn to shrug that off by the power of the name of Jesus, if you'll call a Jason in, if you'll call Jesus in, Jesus is able to conquer everything that's weighing you down. And I know the scripture in Ephesians 4 tells us that the Holy Spirit teaches us. And it's, it's different whenever you're down there and the pastor's saying, just get up in the name of Jesus. And you're like, Sure. 
how do I do that? I hear what you're saying. I believe the word of God can do it, but I don't know how to do it. The Holy Ghost will teach you. The word of God will teach you how to do it and how to not make choices that put a 280-pound man on top of you. Well, he's not 280, 280 pounds, but you know what I mean. It won't put the weight on you in life because you will have decisions that lead to good behavior. So Psalms 23, we see the Lord. Helping David through the psalm. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know it by heart? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me to the side still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for whose name? He gets the credit. After it all, he gets the credit. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not, I fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of who? My family? The ones that love me? There is something that you can be nourished by by being in the presence of your enemies. God gives you special nourishment in times of enemies surrounding you. That's the joy that I'm talking about. Whenever you sit down and you don't know how you're going to get through the next day or the next hour, and God spreads a banquet in front of your enemies. He spreads a banquet in front of everything that's coming against you. And he said, take a break. Nourish yourself. I've got this. He puts a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is what David was trying to share with us. He's saying, I'm a shepherd, and I anoint my sheep with oil. I anoint their heads so that the flies and the, and, the, and the insects don't drive them crazy. The little things that nip and bite, the little things that cut into your life. He's saying, I'm going to anoint you with oil so much that you'll be anointed with it, and it acts as a repellent to snakes and to insects. I'm so thankful I know the word enough to know that you're anointed today by your heavenly Father, and he's a good shepherd. Amen? And that's why David said his cup runs over when you're in the company of Jewish people and they like your company when they bring the, the vase to refill, the, the pitcher to refill your cup and they start to fill your cup. If they run it over, it's an indicator in the Jewish custom that they like you. They, they enjoy your company. They enjoy you being there. So he's saying he's good when my enemies are there. He anoints me anyways and puts a repellent against the enemy and he also enjoys my God enjoys your company. Did you know that? He loves it when you spend time with him. And then he goes on to say, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. Amen. For he's established it and founded it upon the seas, established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Which links to Psalms 27, 6. We'll get to that in just a minute. He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing. How many want a blessing from the Lord? It said, if you will not lift up your heart to vanity, nor let your, nor swore, swear deceitfully, you shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of your salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek his face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your hands, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up. Everybody lift your hands. And be ye lifted up, everlasting doors of the king of glory. 
What happens when we lift our hands? The king of glory comes in. Amen. He says, be you lifted up your everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. Amen. The Lord, the king of glory, Selah. So he's saying there is a God who is the God of armies, of angel armies. And they were looking for that God to come into his hill of glory. They were looking for the Messiah. This passage became a messianic passage because they were looking for Jesus to come. They didn't know, but they were looking for God to come. And then David starts again in 25, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh, my God, I trust in thee. When you lift up your soul, God lifts you up. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. In other words, if you're waiting on God right now, David said you will not be ashamed when you wait on the Lord. Let them be ashamed which transgress without cause. Show me thy ways. Everybody say the Lord's ways. And here it is. O Lord, teach me thy paths. So when God is teaching you, he helps you to learn how to get up. He helps you to learn how to use his name. And anytime you feel down, you need a Jason to call on. You need a Jesus to call on, amen? You need someone who has skills that are better than the one that's pinning you down. And the devil is no match for the Lord, amen? It's not even a comparison. He's a created being, not a creator. And we are known to, to love the God who is a God of all creation. But he is able to handle any situation. And so he continues on with the word of the Lord, and he's talking about that God can teach us and God can give us his path. And he says, here, O Lord, I will cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou sayest, seek my face, my fa your face will I seek. Seek ye my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, O Lord, will I seek. That's a vibe. He said, whenever God tells me to seek him, I don't even question it. It's my vibe. I'm going to go after God. And when you see me, you're going to say, that's giving a whole lot of seeking the Lord. And then hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Everyone say help. Leave me not, neither forsake me. O God of my salvation, when my father and my mother forsake me. If you're here and you've been forsaken by your father and your mother in life, look at what this verse says. Then the Lord will take me up. I don't know what weight is holding you down. I don't know if it's generational curse. I doubt it in this room. I don't know if it's something where you've been abandoned or you've been left behind and the root of that has led you to things that you're coping through. You're either leaning toward drugs or leaning toward alcohol because you're coping because the root is actually not the addiction. It's actually what was abandoned. You were abandoned or you were left alone or you weren't given the love that you need. Jesus said, if your mother and your father even reject you, I will take you up in my arms. That is the kind of God that we are serving in this room. That even when the, word, the people that were supposed to hold you up and not let you fall, even when there's mistakes that are made, and I'm not blaming anybody for that. I know stuff happens, but even in the moments where there's gaps, God is, a, is the one who stands over the gap and says, I will hold you. I will keep you. I will lift you up. So lift him up is what David is saying. 
Lift him up because he'll lift you up. That's what the scripture tells us in John 12, 32. It says, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. How many know that's true? I've had people ask me, Pastor, how do we get more people to come to church? Just like that. We lift up the name of Jesus. We lift up the truth of God's word. We open this book and we read it like I'm doing today. We spend time in his word learning it. Why? Because if we lift him up in his truth, he will draw all men. It's not about a personality. It's about Jesus Christ being in our midst. Amen? He will draw all men. And the Bible even says, if we look in 1 Peter 5, it says, it says humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may in due time, lift, that he may lift you up in due time. I believe is how that's said. But you will feel God close. You will feel worship in your heart. When you make it a decision that I'm going to sacrifice joy unto the Lord. And Nehemiah is where this actually came from, Nehemiah chapter 8. If you look in the word of God, you will see. I'm just going to read it off the screen if you guys want to help me out real quick because I want to move this sermon along. And they started, they started with that in Nehemiah. It wasn't just David that said it. I believe maybe David was referencing uh, the, the, the passage of Scripture. Hallelujah. In Nehemiah 8 and 10, it says, Nehemiah said, go and enjoy good food. Everybody say, good food. Some of you want that right now. And sweet drinks. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. If they forgot to prepare, send them some food. He said, and then this day is a holy day to the Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I think that's where David pulled it from personally, that David knew the scriptures, and he said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. In other words, in Ezra, they were asking, in Nehemiah 8, they were asking Ezra to get out the word of God and to read it to them, and they made a pulpit that was higher than the people, so Ezra could stand up on this wooden pulpit, and when he stood up, when he opened the word, all the people stood up, and they lifted up their hands, and they bowed down to the word of God, and so that's why we still stand up sometimes in church, but as he, as he opened the word of God. He was reading to them the things of the Lord. And in Nehemiah 8, you see that nothing is prepared other than their homes. There's no wall built yet. Jeremiah has not built the wall yet. And so he's, he's, he's like, they're, they're like, and the people gathered themselves in verse 1, together as one man into the streets and was before the water gate. And they spake unto Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded to Israel. And Ezra the priest brought the law before the congregation, both of men and women and all that could hear, everyone that could hear. The children were there too. Somebody said amen. Children need to hear the word. Upon the first day of the seventh month, and he read therein before the street that was before the water gate from the morning until midday. How would you like a service that long? Some of you are like doing this already. Pastor, that's a lot of reading. <laughs> they started in the morning, and they went to noon, and they read the law. Can be a bit of a snoozer, I'm just saying. But they were excited about the word, and he read therein before the street till midday, before the men and women and those that could understand, and the ears of all the people were attentive unto the book of the law. And Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood. There he is standing on the pulpit, which they had made for the purpose, and beside him stood all these names that you need the Holy Ghost to say. 
Metaniah, Shema, Ananiah. You're right. These names are available in the 2024 baby book if you want to name a baby after this. And your baby will be bullied all their life, but you know what I'm saying. And his right hand and on his left hand are these other individuals with Zechariah in there. And Ezra opened the book. Everybody say, open the book. In the sight of all the people, for he was above all the people, lifted up on this little podium. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. You don't have to stand up. But that's what they did. Because they had not heard the word enough to where they appreciated it so much. They were thankful that God had brought a man, a prophet, to stand And he got up above the people and he said, this is the word of the Lord. And they all said, I stand up for it. And then they stood up and Ezra opened the book and they stood up in Ezra, verse 6, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, amen, amen, with lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They loved the word of God so much that when he got done reading, they all said, Thank you, God, for your word. And they were not only just saying thanks, but they went and they lived what they heard. They were taking the word of God and they were applying it to their life. And if you read on, it's like Nehemiah told them what to do. And they were to build these booths. And they, were, they went out and they got trees and they started building what God told them to do. And they continued to do it and they, they, did, they wanted to mourn. They, they wanted, in verse 9 it says, And Nehemiah, which was in the Tirsha, uh, I can't say that, Tirshatha, And Ezra, the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, this day is holy unto the Lord. Mourn not. In other words, they were mourning because they didn't have this to live by until now. Because they were beginning to be taught again how to walk with God from the word of God. And they were able and they were so comforted by the fact that they could apply the word of God to their life. And they knew that God was pleased with what they did. That they began to mourn. And he said, no, don't mourn. Don't weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said unto them, go your way and eat and drink. Sometimes you just need a good meal. I'm just saying. Sometimes you're a little hangry, amen? Pause for a moment to let me reorganize. Sometimes God says, I know that it hurts what you've been through. I know that it hurts what you've seen. I know that there's people that didn't live by this word, and maybe there's consequences. I know for a fact that there's some people in here that did not choose what they're dealing with right now. But even though you didn't choose it, don't weep, don't mourn, rejoice in the Lord. Because you have the opportunity, as long as you're, as long as you're breathing in your body, you have the opportunity to take the word of the Lord and apply it to your life and never have those consequences in your children's life or in your future or anything that comes down the road. You have the possibility of changing it if you apply the word of God. And they all lifted their hands and bowed their heads and thanked the Lord for his word that brought them the opportunity to have joy. And the scripture says, I'll show it to you. Media team, help me. Verse number 17. At the end, it says, and all the congregation of them were come again out to the capacity made booths. This is what they were doing. They were obeying the word of God. It said make, to, for them to make booths and sat under the booths for since the day of Joshua, the son of Nun, I don't have time to go into that, until the day 
had not the children of Israel done so. In other words, they didn't know to do this, but the word of God instructed them. They did what the word of God said. And then look what it says. And there was very great gladness. And there was joy. Amen. That's a vibe, brothers and sisters. When you're living the word of God, there's some joy that comes from that. There is a peace that comes from that. How many know that God's word is worthy of your life? Amen? And Jeremiah finally ta- caps it off. He's, he said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a vibe in your life from now on. It's, it's not going to be you, you looking at all the rubble that's around. It's not going to be you looking at what's not completed. It's not you looking at what's all tearing down in our world, what's all falling apart. Somebody help me preach. You know, I don't need to go into it, but you know what's falling apart in our world. That's not what your eyes are going to be on. You're going to look to the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help comes from the Lord, amen? And that's going to be your vibe. The devil cannot touch this because it's a sacrifice of joy. I'm going to live on the joy of the Lord, amen? I'm not going to look to what's falling apart. I'm going to look to what's putting things back together. And I'm going to live on the word of God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. I'm going to live on the joy of the Lord as the source of my strength. I hope I haven't yelled too much today, but would you stand with me? I don't know if David got that from Nehemiah, but Nehemiah was the weeping prophet. It would have seemed that Living on the Lord's joy was something Nehemiah needed. And Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm so grateful that I know that in all the rubble around us, in all the trouble around us, that there is a rumble of joy from the people of God, that we make a different kind of noise, amen? Our noise is not to tear down. Our noise is to lift up. And we resonate his glory and his joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Anybody receive the word of the Lord today? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you, God, that it's a vibe among your people, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that we implore, uh, implore the, the, the things of David, the triumphal words of David, that even though through the trials and facing betrayals and family strife and threats upon uh, our lives from even enemies, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and diverse places and things that we're seeing and things that we know from the word of God and living so close to the day in which you come, we're still going to have a sacrifice of joy in our life. We're going to still live on that vibe that David was talking about, the declaration and testimony of how worthy and unwavering our God is and how much faith we can put in him. And it is not placed in a, in a place, well, though we wait on God, we shall not be uh, put down. We shall not be destroyed. God is going to bring joy even in dark times. I express that in my prayers right now in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, to put joy in somebody's heart that you would revive, Lord God, even someone who's dealing with the hardest parts of their life, that's doing the hard work of trying to recover anything that's lost. I pray that you speak to them right now, Jesus, through every song we sing, through every hymn we sing, through songs from the Spirit, Lord God, that you let us sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord, giving thanks to God, who is our Father. If someone said amen. 
We lift our hands and worship you, Jesus. They're going to come and sing a song, but I'm going to open this altar. I want someone to make a dedication. These verses that we've read today are a glimpse into the rich tapestry of setting your life as a joy to the Lord, making a decision every day that if it's a sacrifice today, I will still lift my hands in praise. Somebody needs to come to this altar with their hands up and their head lifted, looking unto the hills from which cometh my help. The Lord is going to come, and he's going to set me free. He's going to set family members free. He's going to set my hopes on high. He's going to help me. He's going to help me as I pray and echo the prayers of your people, God. Would you release them to sing unto the Lord a new song as we sing today? Would you open your heart to God and would you make a commitment to him that though it is difficult for me, God, I'm going to let my joy be a sacrifice unto you. Come on, somebody. We're not, we're not bringing any other kind of sacrifice today. We're going to sacrifice unto God the joy that we have. And we're going to choose not to mourn over anything lost, not to look past at the past, but we're going to live now and for tomorrow in him that he is going to bring joy in our life and he's going to bring a blessing to us. We ask you in the name of Jesus that you touch somebody and that you'd lift them today, that you'd lift them under the weight that they've been under that you lift them out from the place that they've been, that you lift them out of the struggle of their flesh, you lift them out of the struggle of the healing that they need in their body. We call on the name of Jesus, that name that is above every other thing, that name that is above every other name. We call on that name today. We call on that name today. Come on, someone call on the name of Jesus. Someone call on the name of Jesus that lift you up vibe if we lift you up you'll draw me close if we'll lift you up Jesus I know that's referring primarily to the cross but even when we lift you up in our praise God you promise to draw us close to you so today we draw closer come on somebody come and draw close to the Lord come and lift him up hands lifted head lifted don't don't leave your head down today this is not a mourning moment. This is not a moment to sorrow. This is a moment to rejoice in the Lord for all that he has done. I offer the sacrifice of joy. If it's difficult today, if my body hurts, I know he's my healer, and I'll offer the sacrifice of joy till I see that healing. I'll offer it until I know that the power of his promises are real. I'll offer up my life in the test moments until it turns into a testimony. I'll offer it up as a sacrifice of praise. It's a lift him up vibe that I'm going to live on. I make a decision today that I'm going to live on a lift you up Jesus I'm going to live on a lift you up vibe God I'm going to do everything I can do to lift you up in every area of my life I offer you today God the sacrifice of joy in Jesus name Jesus name worthy is your name worthy is your name Jesus come on put a smile on your face and just worship the Lord for a minute just joy in his presence for a minute. Just leave here with the presence of God permeating every part of your life and every future decision, every moment that you make. Make it a joy by sacrificing it to God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're exhausted today, there's strength for you. 
in the joy of the Lord. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. We lift you up, Jesus. We make you higher, Lord, than all other problems. We make you higher, Jesus, than all other situations. We make you higher, Lord, than all other circumstances. We put you at the pinnacle of our life, God. We lift you up. Draw us up to you, Jesus. Jesus. You deserve the praise. You deserve the praise today, God. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. If you want to find someone to encourage, get by them and just pray for them. Help them right now. Just speak joy over their life. Say, Jesus is going to help you. Jesus is going to make a difference. Jesus is going to turn things around. I know that it seems like just words, but it's not. There's power of life and death in the tongue. And speak life over them. And ask the Holy Ghost to teach them how to get up. Ask the Holy Ghost to teach them how to get up in this moment. We lift you up, Jesus. And we pray for friends and family right now. Teach them by your spirit. Go to them, Lord God, with your power and your might and your spirit. And teach them how to get up out of their situation. Instruct them, Lord Jesus. Send somebody to share the word of the Lord with them that they might live in the joy of doing what the Word of God says, that they might have joy from obeying the Word of God. Help us today, Lord Jesus. Hide that Word in our hearts, God, so it strengthens our mind when we need it, God. You're the God of all joy. You're the God of all grace. Be exalted, O God, in this place today. Let your glory fill this place in our lives, in our families. Let the Holy Ghost help us instruct our children to walk in the ways of righteousness. For the greatest joy is a life unfolded that you knit for them in the womb. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give him a thankful praise right now. Give him a thankful praise.